Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 332. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey, what's up? It's hot out there. It's a, it's a scorcher. I I refuse to go outside. It is. Whoa. It is baking outside. I went outside at like nine o'clock last night and it was still almost a hundred degrees. Yeah, it's insane. I think it's uh right now it is I don't know what it is with the, the heat index, but right now it's like just the, the, the proper temperature outside is ninety one and we're recording this in the morning, so oof, this Fuck. afternoon it's gonna be Fuck it's gonna that. be serious out there. It's not even, it's not even eleven o'clock. Yeah. This week on the show, we'll be talking about Tillman Singer's Lose. We'll also be talking about someone watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, you can review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That would be amazing. Just a couple housekeeping bits. Ken and I were guests on the Be Kind Rewind podcast this week. So if you have a moment, what? check that out. Yeah, it's called the Be Kind Rewind podcast. And we uh, talked about 90s kids sports movies. And we did. So we, we talked about the top 10 on. Uh, there's, there's a top 10 90s kids sports movies on IMDb. We went through that, talked about all of those. And then we did a, a tournament. So we had all of these 90s kids sports movies go head to head and pick a a winner it was really fun so great time got to revisit a lot of these classic sports movies including the sandlot by the way Ooh, there you go my favorite my favorite but but does it win the tournament you'll have to tune in and find out we should be doing ryan watches a movie this week it's supposedly happening we're supposedly recording it today, so, but it hasn't happened yet. That's why I'm like, I'm not 100% confident. Yeah, because it's been on the table a couple of times now. Yeah, we were supposed to do it yesterday, and he bailed today. And he just mm. fucking two-hand pushed that shit right off the table. He's just like, mm. fucking wet. I mean, how about those, what was that yesterday? He hit us at like eight o'clock in the morning. It was it was very early. I was very surprised. And I was yeah. just like, I, I have a feeling that he didn't sleep. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he. I think he was still up from the night before. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. There will be a new Ryan watches a movie on Thursday. <laughs> uh, with that, I think we can jump into our review. We're talking about lose now. I always thought it was. Luz, but mm-hmm. after watching it, I understand. I now, <laughs> I now know straight. that I was wrong the whole time. Not, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard uh, Luz. No, I have a synopsis here. Luz, a young cab driver, drags herself into the brightly lit entrance of a rundown police station. A demonic entity follows her, determined to finally be close to the woman it loves. This is written and directed by Tillman Singer. Kevin, why don't you start us off? What did you think of Lose? It's gorgeous. 16 millimeter? Oh, boy. It's got great atmosphere to it. The music is fantastic. The score in this is just... Killer. I mean, and it's like, yeah, and it's like, it's constant. There seems to always be music 
but it's not irritating because a lot of times like if it's if it's overused like when it's constant for me it kind of distracts a little bit but here it just it blends in perfectly with what's going on my wife said my wife said it reminded her of birdman and i was like what are you talking about birdman and then i like i slowly started to listen to the music more and there's just this constant like drumming it's just like this constant like almost jazz drumming that's happening and i can kind of see it (laughs) it's like birdman (laughs) it's a lot like birdman uh now i will say that like i mean first off i was really excited because it's it's 70 minutes i mean that's beautiful that's just beautiful that's a beautiful runtime um but I will say that it is one of the rare instances where I probably could have used a little bit more. I mean, it is it is economical. It gets to the point. And it really works as essentially just this, like, it's like an origin story, really. So you might be a little bit disappointed with where it ends up, you know, going in the end. But for me, it worked. I was disappointed. Were you? Yeah, I, I thought here's the thing i was loving it i was loving everything about this uh up until the very abrupt ending and i was just like that's it like i just wanted more i i felt like there 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 wasn't enough there but i mean everything up until the end was was great i like you said the the visuals are just outstanding i love the 16 millimeter i loved all the sound i love the production design i love that that like room that they were doing the hypnosis uh experiment thing in just the look the vibe everything about this i was so into but the story i thought was just so lacking like i just it it felt like this is like a just a preamble to something else and yes yeah it definitely does feel that way we didn't they they didn't do enough with this great this great atmosphere that they developed over 70 minutes i do have to say because uh, yeah i feel that as well you know i think it is a little bit lacking and i agree 100 percent that it does feel like a, a preamble that's what you know feels like an origin story to me where it's like mm-hmm. it cuts off right when you think it should be kicking in but i do like the the overall filmmaking of this especially that end just the way that they decided to to play that out where you have the audio of the guy in the booth playing Mm -hmm. over top of essentially her getting escorted out which i thought was fantastic and then everything in the room like the way that it just it fucked with the past and then the present and you know everyone showing up and kind of going in and out of the different worlds it's just oh, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so they they set up this like experiment with her where they sort of hypnotize her and then they have her recreate these events that like lead up to where she's at now. And the way that they do it, I think, is such a such a genius thing. So she's like sitting in in a chair in this police station, I guess, and reenacting these things and you hear all of the sounds even though you're seeing it her sort of mime these these uh interactions and things you hear all of the audio 
as if it was actually happening. So you hear like her pressing on the, the, the gas pedal of her car and, and like just ambient noise. And it was just so well done. Like just all of the sound work, it was just so well done. And then when she's having conversations with, uh, like someone she knows from from her past gets in her cab and she's having a conversation with her and even though she's saying everything, her voice changes into the other woman and then and then it starts to like bleed over where you start to actually see elements of this uh, her past like come into the room so like you see the woman and then you see like certain other bits like um there's like people random like people standing around and stuff and just the way that they slowly bleed mm-hmm. the, the her past into what's happening in the present uh, just it was such a such a brilliant idea yeah, I, I really love that you take something as simple as just it's just a simple flashback but you completely turn it into something far more interesting visually then, you know, just doing a standard like, oh, what happened earlier today? And then it just cuts to a flashback and you go through the events that happened, you know, hours beforehand. So it actually does kind of like draw this out and make this far more interesting than what it could have been if it was, you know, a lesser director. Yeah. Because every, everything gets a bit, it's, it gets out of control. It gets kind of nuts over there for a little bit. It certainly does. It certainly does. Which I think that was that that was something that I found also very refreshing is that pretty much early on, any expectation that I had is, is essentially thrown out the window. And, you know, I really didn't have any idea of where it was going. Like, I didn't understand. Well, not that I didn't understand, but I really I couldn't foresee like what this entity is, what this entity wants how it's going about it. Like, I just, I was just kind of surprised at every turn, really. There's some really interesting things that happen in this movie. I I was on board the whole time, but like I said, the only criticism I have is the fact that I just felt like they didn't, they didn't do enough with the, the narrative here. Yeah. But I think they do do a pretty, uh, pretty good job of kind of setting up like the mythology of this entity. Enough so that at the end of it, I was like, I would like to see more of this. I would, yeah, I would absolutely like to see more. I, I, I think they could easily continue this this story because I have so many questions. There's mm-hmm. there's so many questions I have <laughs> yeah, about they, about this. Still, they, they don't really answer any of any of those questions. <laughs> like they, nope. It's pretty. It's pretty mysterious. Uh, great performances all around too. I thought that who is the guy? Is it Doctor uh, Rossini, mm-hmm. uh, who is played by Jan Bluth- Bluthart? He was very creepy, mm-hmm. uh, and he thought he did a really good job. <laughs> I don't know why, but that the the scene that starts with him just on that swivel chair. And he just comes flying into the into the frame. He just pushes himself and he's just kind of spinning around with his suitcase or his briefcase. I don't know why, but that was just ridiculous to me. <laughs> uh, I I was getting a getting a few like 
possession vibes from this too. Like some of the, like when, when he got, was first like possessed by the, the entity, I was just getting some flashbacks of, of possession during that, the way he was like convulsing and mm-hmm. everything. Certainly not to the same degree, but very good. Very good stuff. Just, just found it a bit lacking, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I I can definitely agree with you there. But I also think that in terms of like a possession movie, it's much different than what you're accustomed to. You know, kind of when you go into like a demon possession movie, you kind of have majority of the time with most films, you kind of know the formula it's going to essentially walk through. But this is much different. Yeah, this is, I think this is one, so it currently has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics critics are liking it overall. Uh, it doesn't have an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, but I notice it does have a Metacritic score. Mm-hmm. And it's got a 59 on Metacritic. Ooh. Which is, like, the difference between the Metacritic score and the and Rotten Tomatoes score is uh, quite interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit of a golf there. I'm not sure why that is. I, I something tells me that the oh, there's only eight user eight user scores on Metacritic, so that's probably why. Yeah. And the New York uh-huh. Times gave it a 40, 40 out of a hundred. Uh, yeah. What I was trying to look for was like user scores, because something tells me that like ge- like general movie movie goers are probably not going to be into this. No, I think, I think they're going to expect it to be something that it's that it's not, and something that it doesn't, it never wants to be. Yeah, it's not this like high octane, you know, crazy horror experience. No, it's definitely a slow burn. It takes its time, but it is a it's a gorgeous slow burn. Yeah, and I found it I found it to be pretty captivating. But like you said, yeah, I mean, I was, I was hooked. Of, yeah. I mean, it is just a little bit of that letdown when you're finally like, oh, wait, it's over? That's okay. I think you're kind of expecting this like bigger payoff. I just feel like with that sh- such a short runtime, like they could have added 20 minutes onto that and just developed things a little bit more. And I think it would have been more satisfying. But oh, well, uh, let's give it a score. Yeah. We're going to give, we're going to give lose. I'm a, I'm at like a six and a half seven. This is a tough one for me because it, there was there was so much of it that I thought was so good. Yeah, it's one and of those it, that you almost have to break down into you know like on the filmmaking side of it, and then on the the story side of it. Yeah, because the filmmaking's fantastic. Almost all the aspects filmmaking wise are fantastic. Story wise, eh. yeah. So I'm sitting at like. I'm thinking like six, six and a half on this one. I'd say six and a half. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Loose is playing now in limited release. So if it is playing in your area, I would still recommend going to check it out. All right. Let's talk about some of what we've been watching this week. I am continuing my Fantasia Fest experience here. I've seen like maybe 19 movies so far. Good Lord. Yeah. There's still like almost a week left, I think with this festival. So I got, I got a number 
of titles to to get through still i will highlight one that is possibly my favorite of the festival so far and that's uh, a south korean film called the gangster the cop the devil this is directed by lee Won tae holy crap this movie just let me set the premise up for you you have a, a mob boss you have a hotshot detective they're okay. they're going at each other they're trying to like the mob boss has the police captain in in his pocket he has him on his payroll and oh, the, the police captain is trying to get this cop off of the mob boss he's trying to get him to back off but one night there is they they find that a man was murdered and they start to think that there might be a serial killer on the loose and then one evening the mob boss gets attacked by the serial killer Oh, geez. And now he survives. And now the the hotshot detective and the mob boss join forces in order to bring down this serial killer that is murdering random individuals left and right throughout the city. Team up. It is a fantastic premise. And the movie capitalizes on it. To the to its fullest potential, it is yeah. this movie is so good. You got an odd couple pairing, teaming up. Dude, it's set inside of a, a serial killer movie. I mean, that's, yep. that's pretty good. It it blends all of these genres too. So you have the police procedural. So there's a lot of like detective work that's happening. They're they're following leads. They're interviewing people. They're tracking down evidence and stuff like that. And on top of that, you have a gangster story. So with the mob boss, he is dealing with a turf war. So another another uh, crime family is moving in on his turf and starting to take over his turf. So you have that, that that he's dealing with, too. And then on top of that, you have the serial killer story. So periodically, it'll cut to the serial killer who is like stalking his next victim. So you have these like three separate genres mixed together and it works so seamlessly. It it works so well. And there's a lot of room for comedy in this. So you have like the detective and his like forensics team and, and his, his crew. And then you have the, the, the gangster and his, you know, his men. And they're like always arguing, they're fighting and stuff. But at the same time, like they they both agree like we're going to pool our resources we're going to share everything and whoever gets the guy first is who gets to choose what happens to him so like obviously the cop wants to bring him in arrest him go through the proper procedures send him to jail the mob boss wants to just straight up kill him so there's this kind of race to to see who can get them even though they're sharing all their information so like you know, the mob boss has a lot of resources. He sends his men out interviewing people, canvassing and, and doing some, some of the more shady methods of getting information. And they're, they're sharing all of their, the, the stuff that they find. Anytime they find a new lead, they share it with each other. But at the same time, they're like, I want to get him first. And the detective is like, you know, if I get this killer, I'm also going to bring you down too. And it it just, the, the places where it goes, it's just so much fun. And there's 
several heavy action set pieces that happen in this. There's car chases. There's some really big fight scenes that, that happen that are really well choreographed. Uh, highly recommend this. Again, it's called The Gangster, The Cop, The Devil. This is actually playing in select theaters right now. It's playing in L.A. and Austin, I believe. Okay. Uh, well, well, Go USA is putting it out. So hopefully this will be out on VOD shortly. Oh, but yeah. definitely recommend checking this out. Nice. I have uh, what is essentially probably fairly close to being the exact opposite. And that's uh, Frank Borzage's uh, Moonrise from 1948. So opposite end of the spectrum here. Uh, this stars Dane Clark and Gail Russell. They're both, uh, they play Dan and Gilly. And uh, yeah, it starts off with, see, Dan's dad was, was, was hanged. He killed a doctor and he was, he was hung. And the, like, the opening sequence is fantastic. Wonderful use of shadows. Just perfect. So great, right? So that sets it up. And then Dan's life since then, as a young child and everything growing up, Everyone just harassed him about his dad being killed, you know. So he had to put up with that shit all of his life. And the the main person that does this is played by Lloyd Bridges, which turns out Lloyd Bridges has always looked the same. (laughs) It's very bizarre. (laughs) I mean, this is 1948, but he pretty much looks like, you know, where he showed up on Seinfeld. Just a touch younger. And... So he's been harassing Dan all of his life. Now, now they're grown up. Dan and Lloyd Bridges are sweet on the same gal. So they kind of duke it out. And Lloyd comes after him with a, with a rock. And Dan just snaps and just bashes his head in and kills him. Like, that's how the movie starts off. So he kills this guy, kind of hides him in the swamp, and then goes on. And now... From here on out, it's essentially about like them tr- trying to figure out who killed this guy and who would want to kill this guy, which there's really only one suspect because they're like, oh, well, who who had a thing against this guy? And it's like, well, Dan, like they fought their entire lives. Who the fuck else would it be? So like this is, again, another instance kind of like what we talked about with Luz, where the filmmaking portion of this is absolutely spectacular. The, the story part of it is just really mediocre. I mean, a big part of this is, uh, you know, Dan and Gilly kind of doing their whole love story thing, which doesn't work at all. There's no chemistry. It's written in a very rudimentary way where it's the, the old style of like, she's like, no. And she tries to walk away. He grabs her by the arm and he's like, oh, Gilly. And then he just like shoves her face or his face into her face. And she's like, oh, no. And then for some reason, the switch just goes off and she's like, oh, my God, I love you. And you're just like, these (laughs) fucking people. (laughs) Oh, the 40s. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like you never once feel like they're an actual couple, or at least I didn't. And I wasn't rooting for them to be together in any way whatsoever. So like. I just didn't care about them. So if you don't care about them as, uh, you know, as a couple, it, it's, it doesn't really work all that well. But there is a, a fantastic sequence that takes place on a Ferris wheel 
where they get on the Ferris wheel and then the, the, the sheriff gets on the Ferris wheel and he's kind of closing in or Dan at least thinks that he's closing in. Cause anytime it comes up, Dan just loses his shit. For some reason, people can't put it together that, you know, it's eating him up inside because he just fucking loses it all the time. And it takes him forever to figure out that Dan is the one that killed him, even though he tells you constantly. And this is on, uh, I watched this on the Criterion channel. Now they have, they have two Borsage movies on there. This and History is Made at Night. If you want to check out Borsage, History Made at Night is a fantastic movie. Uh, Moonrise for me was kind of eh. Uh, I saw The Incredible Shrinking Weekend. This is a time loop movie. It's directed by John Mikel Cavallero. And it tries to do something a little bit different with the time loop genre. Mm-hmm. Where uh, this this young woman goes to this this cabin with her friends. And she gets in a time loop. And she realizes she realizes it. Fairly quickly, it takes the two loops for her to realize that she's stuck in it. The first time it loops, she thinks that her friends are just messing with her and they decide to stay in an extra day at the cabin. And by the second time it loops, she realizes, okay, this this something's going on here. I'm in a time loop. But the weird thing is she, she never really reacts to it how you would think someone would react to being stuck in a time loop. She's just immediately when she realizes that she just accepts it and she's like all right time to party i could just keep partying forever because she's <laughs> like this kind of she just turned 30 but she's still kind of stuck in her 20s and she wants to hold on to that that kind of party girl vibe that she had and so she uses the time loop to just party more do, do lots of drugs and drink and go wild one of the things about the time loop though is when it resets uh, she doesn't reset so like if she's drunk when the loop occurs she'll still be drunk when it it goes back and same if she's like really hung over and, and like at one point she gets an injury and that injury like is the same and like after three or four loops she starts to stink because she hasn't showered and people start commenting on how she's starting to stink and her clothes <laughs> get dirty so that's kind of an interesting hook and the other the other cool thing about it is she discovers after maybe like five or six loops that the loops are getting shorter so every time it loops she's losing an hour so you know, if, if the first loop is like, it goes back a full 24 hours, it, the next one is 23 hours and it, and it progressively gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And she realizes like, she, ca- she calculates like how much time she has left before the loop just is in, in infinitely, you know, on, onto itself. And mm-hmm. one of the, one of the cool things that they do to represent that is that the aspect ratio of the movie actually starts to thin so as the loops get closer and closer together, the screen actually starts oh, compressing. Yeah. I like, I like that. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a cool, it's kind of a cool little gimmick and it, and it works really well. Like the framing in that when they start doing it, it, it looks really good. 
the movie itself is a little bit of a letdown because the the character she's just not interesting like she doesn't really do anything during the loop as i said she just she just drinks she just drinks and does drugs during the loop and she doesn't really do much with it and the the reason like what she figures out to get out of the loop is doesn't feel really earned it doesn't feel like oh yeah that's obviously what she needed to do she needs to like become a better person or something like that like you know like groundhog day it just doesn't really work um part of the the hook is that during this loop every time it loops her boyfriend breaks up with her too (laughs) so she has she has that going for her as well it has fun with the time loop mechanic, but at the end of the day, I just found it to be a little bit mediocre due to the 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 main character just not being very interesting. Gotcha. Again, that's called the Incredible Shrinking Weekend. Uh, I watched uh, Jamelia. This is on Mubi. Got thrown up there on the Mubi website. This is directed by Aminato Ishard, and this is a a documentary shot on Super 8, okay? So what what she's done here is uh, a lot of, like, essentially just landscape shots and just, like, domestic shots of, you know, women having tea, that type of thing. Now, the images and the sounds don't really link up all that often. Occasionally they do, usually for, like, the singing performances. And what the through line here is she takes the... Apparently, uh, one of the most famous Kyrgyzstan novels called Jamilia and uses that character of Jamilia to talk to women in Kyrgyzstan about essentially like how they grew up, uh, like how Kyrgyzstan was in the past for women, how it is now, uh, what they might see it in the future. And the, the interesting thing that I learned about Kyrgyzstan here is... In Kyrgyzstan, if you're a guy, say you're 20 or whatever, and you like you like a girl, usually the girl is about 16, 17 years old, you like her, you want to get married, the, the day before, you tell your parents, like, hey, really like this girl. Girl might not even know you or barely knows you. And then what you do is, is you just go and kidnap her and bring her home, and now she's your wife. So, oh, God. <laughs> Essentially, that's how like a majority of these women are married. So, of course, they have this ridiculously high uh, divorce rate because, you know, once the woman gets older, kind of realizes that like, wow, I don't like this. And then they get divorced. So the character Jamila in the novel is someone that this happened to married to a man that she doesn't love at all. Uh, He goes off to war. And during that time, she runs off with the, the man that she actually does love. So they kind of used that as these sit-down interviews with numerous women, different ages, uh, different backgrounds, and kind of ask them, you know, what do you think of this character? You know, do you, did she do the right thing? Did she not do the right thing? That type of thing. So it's it's a very interesting documentary. And then, of course, the Super 8 images are just, I mean, they're gorgeous. And it's short, too. It's only like 80 minutes or so. Cool. That's on movie. I saw 8 this is a it's a full car movie. 
feel like folk horror movies are just, they're everywhere. They're popping up all over the place these days. Um, this one's pretty good. This is a South African folk horror story uh, directed by Harold Hulsher. And it is about a man named Lazarus who gets cursed Year, years ago. He gets cursed after a, a fire. His, his house burned down and his, his young daughter was in the house and he attempts to resurrect his daughter and gets cursed. His, his daughter comes back, but she's like, she has like a demon attached to her. She, she's sort of like this evil entity. And what he has to do in order to appease the demon is take the souls of the living and feed the souls to the, his demon daughter. Oh, boy. And he keeps her in a backpack. He keeps his daughter in a backpack made of skin. A skin pack. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> this is a pretty unsettling movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, it sounds so, like so you 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 flash forward to I can't really tell when this takes place. It's sort of uh sort of out of out of time. It's definitely modern. I it might be sometime in the sixties or seventies. Um, because they're they're driving like sort of modern looking cars. But anyway, this family comes to this farm and the husband is it's it's his father's farm and his father passed away so he's taking over the farm and he moves there with his wife and his niece now his niece uh her family her parents were killed and uh so he took her in and she ends up meeting Lazarus and he's he's a very kind gentle man and they they need help on the farm, so they hire him and they let him sleep in the shed, but they don't realize that at night he's going out and going into, there's like a little neighboring village, and he goes there and just like killing people every night, and the villagers know. They know who he is and they know what he does, but they're kind of powerless to stop him. They're like formulating a plan to kill him, but they have to wait for the right moment in order to do it. And eventually the demon says that he wants the daughter. So he then has to kidnap the, the young girl and try to take her soul. And, you know, shit hits the fan. It is a gorgeous, gorgeously filmed movie. The where it takes place in the South African countryside is just uh, just a phenomenal locale. I mean, the, this movie looks incredible. The effects work is pretty good too, and as I said, there's some really unsettling moments in it. This is this is definitely one of the better of the folk horror movies, I would say. Uh, the problem I have with some some of the folk horror movies is that the, typically they're very slow burns, and mm-hmm. a lot of times I feel like they they don't really amount to much. Uh, this one is paced pretty evenly throughout, although there's. These like random, it feels like they put in, there's a lot of jump scares in it, and it feels like they put in these horror elements just to add more tension and just to add more scares because they don't really make sense to me. Like, it, 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 in addition to the demon and Lazarus doing 
doing their thing. There's like the house is like haunted. And so the, the girl's aunt is like seeing spirits and things. And then at one point, like the demon tries to kill her, but it doesn't really make sense because the demon really hasn't done that to anybody else. It pretty much just stays in the, in the skin pack for the most part. (laughs) So it's kind of inconsistent in, in how it presents itself. And also the uncle is your typical, like, man who just doesn't believe anything his wife is saying like this demon tries to kill her in a bathtub and he's just like you're stressed it's just stress you're just seeing things it's just it's it's always stress (laughs) it's just and like the daughter is seeing stuff too and he just doesn't he just doesn't believe it well and it's it's, really frustrating well it's because the 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 frail female mind yeah it's You're just, suffering it's from hysteria. Yeah, it's just stress. Because you have to do everything because I don't do anything. Yeah, so it's like there's some frustrating parts to this, but overall I'd say it's pretty solid. Again, I, that's called I, eight. I don't know why, but your just nonchalant delivery of skin pack is really unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's, he just keeps his pack. daughter in a skin pack. That's fucked up. That's just really creepy. Yeah, the uh, the the look of the daughter is very creepy too. Like all her teeth are sharp, you know. She's got one of those, got one of those deals where all the teeth are sharp. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, thank you. It's just, it's just you, just giving me those tiny little tidbits, is unsettled me. Like I don't know if I need to see that, like a visual representation of it. Yeah, the sound is really good in that movie too. Lots of really good sound design. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, the only other thing I have is that it'll be re- really uh, quick. Is Mike Lee's uh, Naked from 1993. That I also saw this on the Criterion channel. And uh, I mean, this is a movie that pers- essentially every aspect of it is, this is top notch. Like the cinematography is great. A lot of great uh, tracking shots. The music is fantastic. All the performances, the the script. I mean, it's just all in all, it's it's pretty damn fantastic. It's or I think it was like his like third or fourth film, and it's for him. It's it's uh I don't know. Maybe I just haven't seen uh, enough of Mike Lee, but it just, it felt a little bit different because. Was uh, it was rather bleak, pretty dark movie, which I'm not a hundred percent used to going into a Mike Lee movie. I mean, there's usually twinges of that, but overall, that you know, there's a good, good bit of comedy in his movies and stuff. There's just that little twinge of sadness because you know life is sad. But this one was uh, overall uh, pretty consistently dark and bleak. But if you haven't seen Naked, uh, you should definitely do that. Yeah, I I've been meaning to go through more of Mike Lee's filmography and try to Same watch here. watch more of the ones that I that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, I need to do that too cuz I I I don't know why it doesn't stick with me that I absolutely love his movies. Yeah. Uh the the final one that I'll mention is called The Wretched this is directed by Drew and Brett Pierce. 
this is a this was a fun one. I didn't really I didn't know much about this movie at all. In fact, this wasn't on my like itinerary for Fantasia, and it was sort of added added on the last moment um, to see this, and I really ended up enjoying it. It's sort of a mm, fright night. It's it has a fright night vibe to it, uh, or maybe even like a body snatchers vibe. So the premise is that it it takes place in this like small kind of Marina town and this, uh, this family, they end up hitting a deer with their car and they bring the deer back uh, to their, to their home in order to like gut it and, and eat, eat the meat, eat the deer meat, get some venison in there. And it turns out that there's a creature that's inside the deer living inside the deer. And the creature gets out and takes over the, the wife of the family and sort of goes inside of her and starts controlling her. And it, this creature starts infecting or starting to control everybody else in the town like one by one. And this kid who is visiting his dad for the summer mm. s- starts to realize something's going on. So you have this like, and, and it's, it's his neighbors. So he's like, there's a lot of scenes where he's kind of spying on them and trying to figure out what's going on. And he believes that there's something happening and no, nobody else believes him. And the, the, Kind of the interesting thing about this this creature is that it can sort of um, change your perception. So it can make you believe that like people never existed. So for instance, it kidnaps uh, the, the like the female protagonist's sister, and when it did that, it sort of erased the sister from her memory. So she didn't even know that she had a sister. So it it uh, it's kind of a it does some really interesting things. It's not a, it's not great, but it is, it's pretty fun for a kind of a fright night riff. Again, that's called the wretched. Sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed it. All right. Let's talk about some new releases in theaters this week. We have a biggie. We got oh, once we upon got... a time in Hollywood coming out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is this going to get you out to the theater? It probably will. We'll see. I mean, I feel like we really should be revealing this on the show next week. I feel I feel that as well. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best. We also have Skin coming out. This is the one that was adapted from the Oscar-winning short film. Oh, okay. Now, I thought this already came out. It was. It played. I think Tribeca. That's where. Oh, okay. I, that's where that's... I saw it. I uh, was not a big fan of of. I hated the short film. I thought that the short film was pretty pretty awful. This one is better. It's more conventional. There's not like any kind of crazy twists that happen in this, but there's some good performances in it. I just thought it was average. Gotcha. Another one that I'm really excited for is The Mountain coming yes. out. We might have to review two movies next week. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> oh, God. Good luck. I'm working overtime forever. 
Your non-committal Kevin is that's actually a good name. Non-committal Kevin. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I have adult responsibilities. This is uh, directed by Rick Alverson. Very excited for this one. Jeff Goldblum and uh, Ty Sheridan. Lobotomies. Yeah, lobotomies. Going on a lobotomy tour. God. That's pretty much it for the biggies. We also have uh, Jirga Honeyland, which is a documentary about beekeepers in Macedonia. Nice. Yeah. Uh, through, through my job, I'm connected very closely to the people of Macedonia. So I'm actually really interested to see this. Yeah, that that actually sounds like an interesting documentary. Yeah, so like the the premise is that there's this like family of beekeepers in the mountains of Macedonia and they've been doing it for like generations but then another family moves in next door and oh. they start they start uh doing the beekeeping thing as well and there's all this like strife it's that like happens. That movie that we watched what was the oh man the for the Halloween special where it's just like on this island, there's two rival beekeepers. Yeah. Like, what are the odds? <laughs> well, apparently <laughs> it happens. Yeah. In the mountains of Macedonia, for instance. Yeah, it looks really good. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. I mean, that's got to piss you off in the mountains. And then this other family just shows up and like, hey, we're beekeepers too. It's like, really? Yeah. Of all the places that you could beekeep here. Macedonia is a very interesting place. I have, I have not been there yet, but I should be going there sometime relatively soon. That's pretty much it for theaters. Let's talk about some VOD stuff. On the 23rd, we have Rock, Paper, Scissors. Ch- the, the tagline for this is Child's Play No Longer. Oh, shit. Child's Play No Longer. <laughs> Rochambeau to the death and then on Friday we have Astronaut this is with Richard Dreyfuss shoot for the stars is the tagline for that one okay that's pretty much all I have actually for VOD this week Wow. there's probably some other ones but that's all I have on my list gotcha Blu-ray we got Got a couple here that that I'm quite interested in. We got Alita Battle Angel. All right. Weird Science is coming out on Arrow. Okay. From 1985. Should have a review for that up on the site. We got uh, The Doors from 1991 getting a 4K release. Missing Link. This is the Leica one that I wasn't a big fan of, actually. A lot mm-hmm. of other people liked it. I just, I found it to be. Not great. Hellboy from earlier this year. Really, really bad. Really rough, that one. Critters Attack. Again, I talked about this one last week. Terrible. Just terrible. Mm. Master Z, the It Man Legacy. It's the latest in the, for some reason, long-running It Man series. It just never stops. Yeah. This one, this one has Dave Bautista, Michelle Yeoh, and Tony Jaa in it. Wow. Yeah, it's... What a weird... What a weird series. 
Like you'd, you'd think that you would go through the guy's whole life and then that would be it, right? But no, they keep coming up with different scenarios. <laughs> keep figuring things out. And I mean, they might be good. I don't know. I, I, I've only yeah. seen the first two, so I, I'm not sure. Which I thought was okay. Rock, paper, scissors. What do we have on Criterion this week? Oh, we got two. Uh, we have two from the 80s, actually. So we have Michael Radford's uh, George Orwell adaptation of 1984. And then mm. you'll get uh, two different scores on there. And then a new interview with the, the director and then cinematographer Deacons. And some behind the footage or behind the scenes footage, rather. So it's kind behind, of a behind the footage scenes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> behind the footage scenes. Yeah. Uh, which is a relatively uh, short list of supplements. Now, the next one that we have here is Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing from 1989. And uh, the the list of supplements on this bad boy, <laughs> oh, Lord, there is so much going on here. So we have, you got audio commentary, Spike Lee, Ernest Dickerson, Wynn Thomas, Jolie Lee, uh, intros from Spike Lee, a making of documentary from the time of the making of the movie, new interviews with like Ruthie Carter, and a bunch of other people, new programs from the cast and the crew. You got the public enemy uh, music video, uh, Cannes Film Festival press conference, behind the footage scenes. You got <laughs> deleted, deleted and extended scenes, original storyboards, and then uh, apparently, because which did you do the the Blu-ray version? Mm-hmm. So I get apparently the Blu-ray version only has this the dvd version doesn't have this which is uh extensive excerpts from uh lee's journal it it does yes from like the i guess i guess preparation and yeah throughout the whole shoot i mean that's a lot of stuff yeah it's a great set so if you are a fan of do the right thing as i am highly recommend checking this one out i i'll have a review for the blu-ray up on the site uh probably as you're listening to this and the uh, the excerpts, it's like a 130-page book that comes with oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. It's, an, it's like an actual book. And it's, it's really fascinating. I mean, if you like this, if you're into this movie, it's, it's a no-brainer. Now, yeah. I will say, I will say, a lot of the features that you mentioned are on the previously released DVD, Criterion DVD from 2000. So they okay. did release this in 2000, and a lot of the stuff is carryover from that. Gotcha. It's still, and, it sounds like the, the, the definitive version. It that. is. Yeah, it's absolutely the definitive version because they add everything from the 2000 one, but they also, um, there's, there is new stuff. So in addition to the, the diary that they include, there's like more interviews and stuff like that. So... I don't know if the public enemy music video and all of that was included in the original one. It might be because I think there's an intro from Spike Lee and all the intros are from the 2000 version. The commentary was actually recorded in 1995. So that's not new either. Yeah. But I mean, it's still, I think this is still the definitive version and it comes in a really great uh, case and stuff. Really good artwork on the inside. Nice. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. Follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net. 
and at Film Pulse Kevin. And if you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.